Something dark is coming. The world of Terragard is a dangerous place. Grint, adopted son of the God of Thieves, has survived by stealing, cheating, and conning his way across the world when a necromancer hires him to rob the unrobbable city. It's too good an opportunity to pass up, and one he should have. Continue your journey in the world of Terragard with my first novel, Dark Ages, now available through Amazon, Google Books, iBooks, and through my website, www.dstierney.com. Welcome to Terragard, a world of adventure. Matos, come and face me! Of heroes. Elroy, jump! Of battle. Of monsters. Welcome to Terragard Tales, Season 2, Gods and Monsters, written and narrated by D.S. Tierney. Episode 3, Ashfall. The Senethiel were masters of the sky and crow of magic. When they warred, they wiped the world clean. Histories of Terragard. The Generations War. Lunar Sundering, Day 83. Ash fell from the sky, snowing upon the land in swirling clouds. Trees burned clean of leaves were nothing more than gnarled skeletons bent low beneath the deluge. Thunder cracked behind gray, churning clouds as red lightning arced across the horizon biting with furious wrath. What destruction befouled this place, he did not know. Understanding remained elusive. Threads of thought slipped through his fingers faster than he could grasp. Ash melted into the sheen of sweat on his chest, yet he stood transfixed by his hand, held steady before his eyes. The appendage both familiar and alien. Dark rivers of grime stained the creases on the palm, the rise and fall of ridges across his finger pads, and calluses, rough from years of toil, stood out as islands among the sea of filth. How is this his hand? The truth was difficult to quantify. A transformation occurred, resulting in rebirth, although rebirth would not be the correct term for this. The person whose body he inhabited was no more, yet not gone. That simple man happened upon an orb crackling with unimaginable energies and felt compelled to touch it. There was but a moment allowed for fear as the two merged into one. This was not a symbiotic relationship where both existed. Instead, a perfect, organic union commenced where the original concept ceased 
giving way to something new. What is my name? The words tasted odd in a mouth unaccustomed to them. He coughed and crinkled his nose, displeased by the putrid stench wafting from the dying beast at his feet. Baleful moans danced on the wind as the thing stretched out arms cracked with angry red burns. The creature created a crude path as hand over hand pulled itself through the detritus of mud and ash. Perhaps it was unfair to call it a creature. It was a human male, as he had been, but that was where the comparison ended. To claim fraternity with it was akin to that lesser man discovering a gnat and calling it brother. Even new to this world, he understood how far above the dying thing he was. The falling ash did not choke his lungs. The firestorms that peppered the landscape did not burn his flesh. Even as he came to this realization, the lesser man coughed violently and vomited something bloody. The thing in the ash moaned, turning its eyes up. Is that my name? He asked as it shook, beginning its slow crawl once more. His bare feet sank in mounds of wet debris while keeping pace with this other. The question of why he followed the lesser man, a task he'd been at for some time, dominated his thoughts. All he could grasp was an instinctual need for it. Something in the man's pain was important for him to witness. Onward, they continued, slowly inching along until a massive crack in the earth forestalled their progress. Deep within the canyon, lava flowed, hissing against the cool water of a dying river while casting a crimson gleam on an otherwise drab world. The lesser man crawled toward the edge with abandon, an action that ran counter to what he wanted. So he grabbed it by an arm and dragged against the creature's protestations. It howled in pain, if a meek squeak between coughs could be considered a howl, and fell into a fetal ball when he let it go. The lesser man wept, his salty tears streaking through the ash caked against his skin. It gave him the appearance of melting. With certainty, he knew that this lesser man had some fate ahead, if only he would keep going. I find it best if you don't play with them, the man shouted, his voice muffled by the wind. They've suffered enough. The speaker stood upon the far side of the fissure, smoke billowing around him. What little light the day offered faded fast, but firelight from below illuminated the thin, wiry frame of a man aged in years. In perfect understanding, he knew the elderly newcomer was like him, an ascendant from his original form, and excused from concepts such as age. Deeper still, there was a sense that this man and he had once been in union, but wrongfully separated. What are we? he shouted. You must have woken recently, others shouted back. Nothing makes sense at first, but it gets better. That doesn't answer my question, the 
deep well of unbridled rage climbed the back of his throat. How dare the other speak to him with such disregard? When he asks a question, an answer is expected. The other shrugged. It was a war, and the losing side pulled us from the stars. We shattered one of their moons on the way down and caused this. As others said this, a chunk of moon rock burned through the atmosphere and struck the far horizon. The thud of the impact shook stones free and toppled trees hanging on by the barest thread. I suppose they all lost the war. We were one, he said, uncaring of what the lesser men had done to themselves. A recollection buried beneath the surface of what they were, the celestial entity. Formless and vast, but singular. Aye, other replied. We separated when we hit the moon. I'm certain that each of us is an aspect of what the whole had been. I'm theft. At least that's what feels right. Another man appeared from the smoke to sit beside a rock next to theft. He knew this to be another kindred. Hidden further back, two dozen humans skulked between the rocks watching this third kindred and staring at him with reverence. Who is that? Light, Theft answered. Light clutched himself with weak arms that shook with any effort. To the north, a towering funnel of flame danced across the mountaintops. Light watched its progress, eyes wide, beseeching. What's wrong with him? Theft looked up at the clouds. I wonder, he laughed. Again, his rage boiled at the cheek. I found him a ways back, near the wreckage of a strange device. Those humans like to follow him. They believe he can revive them with his light. Maybe they're right. They seem less affected by the storms than others I've seen. But I think light may have used too much of that power. He seems to find it comforting to be close to fires. Maybe it's recharging him. Do you know who you are yet? Death, he replied. The idea hadn't formed, rather just appeared in his mind. That would explain what you're doing with the human, Theft said, but it was clear from his tone that he did not approve. I, I cannot end him, Death said, looking down at the lesser man. Yet I feel compelled to follow, perhaps until he finds his own end. Why not let him jump in the fissure? Did not seem proper, Death said. An odd distinction. If he was here to witness the lesser man's demise, why not let him bring it about on his own terms? The idea made him question his own assessment of who he was. The lesser man began to crawl again, mewling with each stretch of his arms. Death followed along dutifully, noting that theft followed too. Looking back, Light and his many human followers remained. But of Light? Luck will find him. Death wondered whether he meant the concept of luck, or luck as a being, but gave no voice to it. The wind picked up as they walked, spraying dirt, stone, and burning twigs against their backs. The dying man at his feet screamed. The shockwave from the moonstone's impact was unkind. Lava sprayed skyward from the fissure, painting the landscape with the world's blood. 
It was the most beautiful thing Death had ever seen in this incarnation into his recollection. As they continued, Death noticed the awkward, painful way Theft walked. Thus far, he felt impervious to the environment, to pain and weakness, but Theft had intimated at being awake longer. Would he lose this strength the longer he existed? Why do you hobble? Death shouted. Theft stopped and stared, but said nothing. The winds screamed behind their words, not yet done with the lunar shockwave. Perhaps the other had not heard, so Death yelled again, Hobble! Theft cocked his head and smiled. An infuriating response. Death sneered and imagined tearing that smile off Theft's face. Time passed as they bore witness to the lesser man's trek, whose unceasing crawl baffled Death. Where did he find the energy to continue? Why did he continue? Time and again the lesser man tried to crawl up the edge of the ravine, and each time Death corrected the path. Theft stopped commenting on it, but Death could feel the disapproving glares. What business was it of Theft's? This was the domain of Death, and he would do as he pleased. Darkness deepened as the unseen sun set. How many centuries would this world be forced to live without that warm embrace? The glow from the magma provided scant light, along with the snaps of lightning and occasional bits of burning lunar debris, all combined. It was barely enough to see more than a hundred feet. The conversation ceased with the cacophonous winds making dialogue impossible. The lesser man continued his unrelenting quest to die. No. It was not death the lesser man sought, for death knew that now. There was something ahead, just over the incline they ascended. That was the lesser man's goal. <coughs> Dying man moaned. What did it mean? Lesser man growled and spit bloody foam at the sight of a new man seated against a tree. New man's hair had been scoured clean by the storms, and the swirling ash clotted against three long slashes running down his cheek. New man's left arm rested awkwardly on the ground, shattered at the pivotal point along the elbow. It pleased death how the new man had the audacity to snarl at them as they approached and the lesser man at his feet displayed his own strength by fighting through the pain to stand. From that moment, Death's view of the world changed drastically. No longer did he witness the unfolding events through his own eyes, but through that of the new and lesser man. Their feeble fight disappointed him. It was his hope for something of feral violence, not the short-lived slap and tumble he witnessed. New man was too far gone to muster any resistance, and lesser man knew it. With the last of his energy, Lesser Man snapped a brittle branch from the dying tree and jammed it into the new man's left eye. Blood sprayed in a crescendo of agonized pain, and then silence as the new man's spirit escaped. Lesser Man squeaked something that might have been a victory cry as he crumpled on top of the other's corpse. Death smiled as he walked over and knelt beside the victor. His hands were gentle as he brushed away the ash, threatening to choke his champion. 
He began petting the thin wisps of black hair that remained on his scalp. Not death, Theft yelled, his voice clear as the wind subsided. Murder! Yes, murder answered. That's right. Sense of confidence and power energized him as he pulled the victorious killer to his feet. Without even knowing what he was doing, murder claimed the lesser man and imbued him with power. The human stood, no longer a consort to pain, and stretched his limbs. Murder smiled. The fissure is thin here, Murder called to theft. Find a log to span the gap so I may join you. I don't think you can kill me, Theft replied, but I believe you would try. Best if we go our separate ways. You are an insignificant speck, Murder railed. The disciple reacted in kind, screaming in a fit of feral rage as patches of burned flesh sloughed from his frame. As the metamorphosis continued, it revealed a swirling black vapor below skin of shadow and darkness. You know I'm right, Theft replied as he watched the molting transformation come to fruition. It would be loathsome to concede the point, so murder kept any agreement to himself. This does not end here, murder said, replacing the furnace of anger with cold, contemplative fury. There's nowhere you can go that I can't follow. You'd be surprised, Theft retorted with a wry smile. A moment later, he proved that point by disappearing into the shadows between two boulders. It mattered not to murder. For he had spoken truthfully. There was nowhere anyone could hide. Even now, murder watched a woman kill a sleeping man for a handful of berries. Far to the north, a man killed his hunting partner over a few meager scraps of meat on an wolf. Soon, his vision would encompass the world and reveal theft once more. And not just theft, but all of them. When they shattered upon the moon, it was into a hundred pieces. Murder found he could not abide the existence of even one other aspect of who they had been. Master, the disciple whispered. Murder beheld the new being of pure vapor standing at his side. I shall call you Seni, the first. It was the language of his former self. It would be the perfect way to mark the last spoken vestige of that extinct culture. Seni knelt at his master's feet. Murder no longer cared what he had been before. Perhaps they had been idle travelers of the stars or even of the stars themselves. In this world, in this form, they were gods. The god of murder, Seni proclaimed in reverence. Yes, child, the god of murder smiled. Come, for there is much to be done.
Thank you for listening to Ashfall. Please join me next time for part one of a four-part story called The River. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider leaving a five-star review. If you'd like to join the Terror Guard newsletter, just pop on over to my website at www.dstierney.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at dstierney1, on Instagram at nebcron, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash terrorguardtales. Terror Guard Tales, all characters, locations, stories, and content are copyright 2019 and cannot be used or distributed without express permission.